0: Welcome to another episode of Brick House. I'm your host, Bob Johnson, breaking down the NBA season way too early in advance. Talking about basketball. Wishing it were back, man.
1: That's what we do. We just sit around and talk about basketball for hours on end, two months before the season starts.
0: Can't help ourselves. Can't help but uh, get pretty excited about, uh, about this team.
1: Bob, what team is this?
0: Number 24. Ranked for the 2015-16 season, we have the Charlotte Hornets. They're back to being the Hornets for the oh, second man. year in a row. Great
1: decision, in my opinion. <laughs> I honestly, I was excited when I think we all were excited when we heard the Charlotte Hornets were coming back.
0: You know, I was trying to think of what the the Charlotte Hornets are like in uh, in the world and in, in the non basketball world. What is it like? Uh, you know, they're owned by the greatest basketball player of all time. I. I thought the Charlotte Hornets are kind of like, you know, if Robert De Niro started a production company Mm -hmm. and the first movie they made was John Carter, you know, (laughs) or if uh, Warren Buffett decided, you know what, forget being an investor. I'm going to be a professional poker player. Nice. And he was terrible at it. It's kind of. He made all decisions based on luck. And randomness rather than calculation. So
1: it's basically guys who were great at something, did a different form of that something, but then completely forgot what made them great and did something different. Right. You're right. So when I think greatest basketball player of all time, I think...
0: Kwame Brown. Yeah. (laughs) Bismack Biombo. Adam Morrison. Yeah. Cody Zeller. But to be fair... Another comparison that you could make is any billionaire who made billions of dollars in whatever industry thinking that that is going to translate to him being good at owning an NBA basketball team. Yeah. Just uh, so Jordan is no Kinda different like in that respect. Vivek. <laughs> Vivek. Like all of them, yeah, really. Right. Except the lucky ones or the ones who are smart enough to hire people who know what they're doing. Yeah. Previously on the Charlotte Hornets. It's not a very long previously on. It's a pretty new show we got here. Right. Well,
1: they were in the playoffs two years ago where they got swept by the heat. Now, being in the playoffs, they were a seventh seed. Right. Being in the Eastern Conference playoffs as a seventh seed is generally about the same as being the 10th, ninth seed in the West the past few years.
0: Last year, they tried the Lance Stevenson experiment. There you go. to, uh, To epic failure. Uh, they've drafted terribly. I think they've only made the playoffs two or three times. In Twice their whole, in their existence, in their whole existence, and haven't won a single they game. They have not
1: won it. They got swept in 2010 by the Magic, and they got swept two years ago by the Miami
0: Heat. They had the ninth pick in the draft. I think three years in a row now. No, no, two years in a row. Last year they had Noah Vonleh. Yeah, they've already shipped out of town. This year they. Uh, supposedly turned down a godfather offer from the boston celtics for the number nine pick said no and then drafted frank kaminsky who the celtics were not trying to get frank kaminsky they right. were trying to get justice winslow
1: they could have very well they could have gotten frank kaminsky and the Picks
0: Is the goat, yeah, and by that I mean the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. He bought the team from the founder of BET, whose name Matt. Yeah, you're gonna love this, Bob Johnson. What's your name? Also, Bob Johnson. Yeah, you know, in fact, Bob Johnson changed the name of the team from the Hornets to the Bobcats. Well,
1: yeah, he. he... Well, he wouldn't. He didn't try to get the Hornets back. I guess he
0: didn't try to get the Hornets back. He went for the Bobcats, just because his name was Bob Johnson. Yeah, is mean, a total vanity play, which yeah. I understand as a you know. Well, you know fellow he, Bob Johnson,
1: he was the first minority owner in the
0: NBA. Also pretty cool.
1: So I think if you do that, you might have to pull a power play and. Uh, Take your name onto the team. You got to, yeah.
0: You know my uh, my grandfather, who I was named after, has uh, has a saying that he's taught me my my entire life. He always said that there's Bob. There's two kinds of people in this world: those that are named Bob Johnson, and those that wish they were. <laughs> and and what's your grandfather's name? He's a Bob Johnson, yeah, of course, of course. And uh, I've always taken that to heart. I, there's a quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. It's like a famous NFL quarterback coach, Bob Johnson. Yeah, there's a And old, this BET guy.
1: Old old Blues player Robert Johnson. There's
0: Robert Johnson, the founder of the Blues. It's all pretty good company. Yeah, I would say. The Bobcats, pretty funny name, but I'll I'll give him that one.
1: Yeah, had funky funky blue and orange. I didn't I didn't think their uniforms were terrible. I wasn't a huge fan, but I didn't think they were terrible. they were pretty terrible.
0: Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Michael Jordan, of course, needs no introduction. Um, one thing that's happening to Michael Jordan in the news is, is of note, or he is suing a now defunct grocery chain called Dominix for unauthorized use of his name in advertisements for, for steaks. Mm-hmm. Dominic's, uh, by the way, is owned by Safeway and was bought by Apollo Management Group, who if you listen to the first episode of Brick House, you'd know is owned by Josh Harris, the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, it really all comes together there. Though Michael wonder... Jordan's lawyers are claiming that Dominic's, the value of the licensing that they did not pay for is a theft of $10 million.
1: So do you think this is just a play by Josh Harris? He used Michael Jordan's name, figuring Michael Jordan would sue. So if Michael Jordan is suing what for eight million dollars did you say Ten, 10 million. 10 million. Yeah. so what if um, they counteroffer and they tell Michael Jordan we'll give you eleven million but you have to give us a first round draft, draft, draft pick. <laughs> pick that's I think it's all I think that's part of the play by Josh Harris he and you have to this take up. our best player
0: and now the starting lineup for your Charlie.
1: the Hornets were involved in what I think is maybe the best trade of the off season.
0: Yeah. What's that? One of
1: the top trades, of the off season. And then a, I guess I see what you, I don't, I don't really see what you did here, but I guess sort of works trade of the off season. I don't even think it works, but the best trade, I think they traded Noah Vonleh and Gerald Henderson to the Blazers for Nicholas Batum.
0: Henderson was one of their best players though. I like Batum.
1: Yeah. Well, Henderson, for some reason, he
0: he wasn't taking him anywhere.
1: He well, he wasn't taking him anywhere, but he was always threatening to be traded. I think maybe that's because he's yeah. a dookie, and yeah, MJ can't be bothered. And honestly, he he topped out at 15 points a game. So I think his ceiling. He'll be 28 this year. So I think his ceiling. He kind of reached it. Now, Vondelé, he only has one year in the league. He didn't play that much last year. He averaged three points a game. So
0: I, I remember him being in talks for the third pick in the draft. A year away. ago, right, third or fourth pick. Yeah.
1: So they traded both those guys, but in in return they got Nicholas Batum, which I actually think is probably better than the two of those combined. Although he doesn't, he tops out at points per game around the same as Gerald Henderson. But I just like him. I just like him as a better shooter, and I just like him. I think as a culture change, because like you said, Gerald Henderson was kind of around. Maybe they needed to do something to shake up the team. Yeah. Although Vondeley could come back to bite him. But Vondeley will get a lot more, a lot of playing time this year in Portland, you got to think. But that's another podcast for you, another you time. You
0: mentioned the Duke thing. I didn't really think of it before, but do you think it's possible that they took Frank Kaminsky over the obvious choice of Justice Winslow, ninth in the draft? Because, because of that Because Winslow's from Duke
1: Maybe Although Winslow would be more of a sh- small forward Where they have Kid Gilchrist But yeah, I think there there could be a conspiracy Because right now the Hornets are sitting with three North Carolina players Yeah Hansbro, Marvin Williams, and P.J. Hairston Now the other they trade They also have
0: the widest uh, power forwards in the NBA
1: Zeller, Kaminsky, and Hansbro. <laughs> yeah If you want to throw Spencer Hawes in there I do. So they got <laughs> the Spencer Haas was the Spencer Haas for Lance Stevenson trade. Which, oh,
0: yeah. I was pretty happy about that one as a Clippers Yeah, well, fan.
1: I guess they also got Matt Barnes, who they cut. But Spencer Haas was a disaster for the Clippers last year. Yes. They didn't have very much money, and they spent it all on Spencer Haas. Lance Stevenson, I don't, I don't know if he was a disaster for Charlotte last year, but he didn't.
0: Oh, he was a disaster. Yeah,
1: I mean, he didn't live he up to— He went from,
0: like, 16 points a game to 9 or something right, like so that. Right, so they didn't like— 16% three-point shooting, honest, something ridiculous.
1: Honestly, you kind of had to see that coming, right? He, Lance Stevenson was one of those guys in Indiana where he wasn't expected to lead the team, so that meant that on occasion he did lead the team. Right. That he, he, helped, he got helped by Paul George, George Hill, those guys kind of going in the shadows of them.
0: I remember him going and standing next to Larry Bird when he was taken out of the game in the playoffs. Yeah, Larry Bird was in the stands, maybe next to Donnie Walsh. Yeah, he would just go stand over there rather than sit on the bench. Yeah, he's just like they were just you know during the game keeping tabs on his sanity.
1: (laughs) Right. So he, but then he made himself money because like everyone else, he had a decent playoffs. But he also was crazy in the playoffs to where he stood out to make himself look better by blowing in LeBron's ear and doing all that stuff.
0: Right. But he's not on the team anymore. Who do they have? Well, now that, they that's have.
1: I, but that's what I mean with the trade. They, they swapped, they swapped disaster for disaster.
0: Right. It's like their arenas for Richard Lewis trade.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. So now got Nicholas Batum. They drafted Frank Kaminsky. They traded for Spencer Hawes. They also signed Jeremy Lynn.
0: Right. Who uh, From the Lakers right so Lynn or as a free agent I suppose
1: you got to think that Lynn might they might try and rekindle some of that Lynn sanity they're trying to get that but he's not going to start over Kemba Walker no as as their best player as it stands Kemba Walker Nick Batum Michael Kidd Gilchrist I guess you start Cody Zeller and uh Al Jefferson who I like you got
0: Gilchrist and Batum in the starting lineup I had uh Jeremy Lamb in there but you're you're probably right Jeremy you, Lamb is probably not an NBA starter. Do you think that they would start
1: Kaminsky over Zeller?
0: Not right away. Yeah. But I could see that changing. I don't know. They're, they, they're both going to suck as NBA players is my prediction. Record prediction. I got him. I got him as the same record as the Kings. 28 and 54 or yeah. five less wins than last year
1: yeah I'll, i would say i'd put them at 28 that sounds about right it i think they could maybe since it's eastern conference maybe they could match the same amount of wins they had
0: sure maybe they can make the playoffs with 28 wins yeah <laughs> who knows it might become What I love about Michael and one of the big differences between the two is that he just—he's a bully and he loves to jab LeBron at every opportunity. Oh yeah. Through his whole career, he's always chosen Kobe Bryant over LeBron James. Right. Right. He's said multiple times that he could take LeBron one-on-one. Of course. You know, whether not in a theoretical game where they're both in their prime, like, but uh, now, like. 2015, right. He said LeBron can't go left (laughs) in the playoffs a couple years ago. I just love how LeBron takes it in stride, to his credit. But, you know, he grew up with MJ as his hero. Right. He gets to the league. As
1: as most everyone.
0: He's living his dream. He meets his hero. And the dude is a fucking heckler. (laughs) Just throwing
1: shade on him left and right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's got to be pretty tough to be tormented by your idol right and now it's time for a personal anecdote with matt baker Matt's a Phoenix Suns fan, and uh, we don't know anything about him, so we want to know more as it relates to Charlotte. I wanted to know what it was like growing up as a Phoenix Suns fan because I was a Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls fan. Right during the '93 NBA Finals was, you know, a great time for me as a as an eight year old boy. Yeah. How do you remember it though, the from 93... from the other side? Heartbreak. Heartbreak, of oh, course.
1: Yeah. Charles Barkley coming to the Suns was like a sports city defining moment. It really was. It, mm-hmm. The Suns had always been pretty good. I think they had before Barkley they had made it to the Western Conference Finals, right? And the years before they had Chambers, Marley, KJ. They had a good team. So then they traded for Barkley, and it was like a thing. Barkley's coming to town.
0: Yeah, right off the dream team.
1: Right off leading the dream team in scoring, maybe right. being their best player. Right. He so well. he came, and the Suns then got a new arena. They Okay, so the year Barkley came in, they got new jerseys. They started playing at America West Arena, so it was like a thing. Awesome, yeah. They won sixty-two games, the most they'd won. Do they have
0: home court advantage that final?
1: Yeah, I think so because they lost at home in Game Six, okay. so if they were doing two-three-two. Right, and then but that was the year two that the first round. Remember they did best of five. Uh-huh. So they got down 0-2 to the Lakers that oh, year in, the, in that. the first round. And Paul Westfall, the coach, everyone was panicked. Paul Westfall in a press conference said, and I forget the exact words, but it's like, we're going home. We're going to win game three. We'll come back. We'll win game four here. And then we're going to win game five at home. So they did. They got down 0-2. And, won three straight elimination games. Wow. Barkley was on fire in the 93 playoffs. So I was nine and this was the first like Phoenix championship moment I remember.
0: Yeah. KJ was on fire The triple year.
1: overtime game we watched actually in Orange County at my uh, aunt and uncle's house. And I remember game six when Paxton hit that three for a young Matt Baker, it was one of those moments like, well, this can't be it. Like that's not how, it just can't it's be. It's
0: not how the Disney movie ends. Fun
1: fact, 93 playoffs, the total amount of points Michael Jordan scored in the 93 playoffs, 666. Yeah, he's the, he's the <laughs> 1993 playoff devil.
0: Jordan famously was really good friends with Charles Barkley, who is also famously a competitive psychopath. And uh, he would <laughs> okay. come up with ways and different motivations to, uh, to you know, really amp himself up, mm-hmm. take him to the next level. When uh, he was faced against an opponent, and since he was really good friends with the best player on the Suns team, he had to come up with a new villain for him to hate, and that became Dan Marley. <laughs> and it How was could he it's hate like Dan it's Marley. like a memento type moment, you know, where he just has to create yeah. this guy right to just channel all of his rage and talent against. Yeah. And I don't remember the story, but it's, you know, something that he had pieced together in his mind that, oh, Dan Marley said this or Dan Marley is, you know, going to get this contract or Dan Marley's the second best shooting guard in the league. And Michael Jordan had just convinced himself that Dan Marley was Public his enemy mortal enemy. Yeah. And in the 93 finals, there's this famous time where and I think Marley talks about it in interviews later where Jordan hit two or three shots coming down the court. And he's running back down the court, and you can just hear him you know, cursing under his breath. Fuck you, Dan Marley. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... And Dan Marley's just like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> On the next episode of Brick House. Next up, we got a pretty exciting team with a new angry bald coach who's one of my all-time favorite scrappy white guys, uh, NBA history. What happens when you have a bunch of young guys who can't shoot outside of 12 feet (laughs) we'll find out next time on brick house